I'm going to pretend like I haven't re-recorded this ad 15 times. Hi, I'm Ben Hunt. I hate to interrupt your lovely podcast experience with this ad, but I'm going to anyway. Why? Because Anchor needs me to. So I'm really never going to advertise for anything that I don't believe in. And Anchor, I actually believe in. So Anchor is an app or a website that allows me to do everything I need to for the podcast. It allows me to record and edit right from my phone or my computer. It also allows me to distribute my podcasts on every listening platform you can think of, from Spotify to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, even Stitcher. So basically, it's a one-stop shop for everything you need in a podcast. And best of all, it's totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello and welcome to the Enlightened Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Hunt. This is episode two in a two-part series that I did with my friend Reggie Wilder concerning Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. get there however another like a thought just came to my i will play devil's advocate right now in saying like for all like the movies and stuff like that like like like, have like that like chop like like chopping like weighing down like all these uh fucking enemies you have lord of the rings where you have aragorn gimli and legolas absolutely chopping down all these orcs you have uh you have Braveheart, where William Wallace actually, like, wrecks all these English knights. Those are really cool sequences. It's not saying that they, it, it can't be cool. I understand, like, it, and I understand that your point that, like, one-on-one, like, has this, like, sort of, like, better quality to it, to, like, fighting. But, like, you have to, like, give it to, like, those, like, kind of, like, scenes in movies where, like, those mass like killings are re- still really like good sequences of action. No, I, I I do agree they have their place, but what is the most compelling part of Lord of the Rings, and it's when Aragorn's fighting the troll. It's not when he's uh, uh you know or Lurts. Yeah, it's not when he exactly or when he's fighting Lurts. It's not when he is screaming Elendil jumping off a rock and, you know, taking out uh, Urukai left and right. It is that moment where he has a singular adversary. Uh, I do enjoy when you have massed odds against you, but it's not entertaining when you have a indestructible hero. Mm-hmm. I like flawed heroes. I like it when victory costs pain. I like it when it's blood, sweat, and tears that genuinely make you win. Because that makes the victory all the sweeter when you earn it. And how awesome is that fight? Again, when uh, Qui-Gon literally collapses on the landing pad in utter exhaustion. It's like, oh, I've never come across anything like this before. It makes you fear and respect the skill of Darth Maul. As well as you respect Qui-Gon for surviving his interaction. With he him. literally says, like, he's, I don't know who he is, but he's very strong in the forest. Like, yep. it's just like this, like, this, this being that you, like, you've never come across with. Like, mm-hmm. these, like, 
it, can you like imagine like the fear actually that like like the first Sith Lord to appear in centuries caused the Jedi Order? Exactly. Especially I know there's just supposed to be like null of fear because yep. like there's supposed to be null of most emotions, mm-hmm. but like I I would honestly be afraid if like this like I would literally crap my pants. It, the legends of like Darth Raven. Darth uh, 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 Plagueis and all those guys like the the ramifications that those guys caused was like very legitimate and obviously Plagueis probably kept his more in the dark than they actually were but still you got Darth Sith Malgus Ad- like you yeah, got like, these Malgus, like, Malgus Nihilus like yeah, this like it, it, these real guys and it's like they caused destructions to systems and we're gonna try and kind of play it off like uh, it, it, it's no big deal insanity and that's what Qui-Gon is afraid of is like literally like planetary destruction and system destruction because they had centuries of peace can you imagine yeah can you just imagine what's going through his head like all these like thoughts like what can we do what can we do like he's like honestly I hope that like the Qui-Gon that I know and love would be like formulating a plan right now which he kind of does a little bit yes I think he does and and his first step of the plan is I need Anakin. Yes, ex- exactly. He yep. need, he needs Anakin because he believes true to like like truth like to himself like he be- absolutely believes that he is the chosen one. Mm-hmm. Like he found like this person who will save and bring balance to the force. All right. So that's going to that's definitely going to bring us to our our chosen one prophecy. I think the fact that they literally mention a chosen one prophecy without ever actually reading out the prophecy without ever saying who says the prophecy without uh you know like itemizing anything that has to do with the prophecy in itself is freaking stupid it nullifies the prophecy it makes it stupid and it also it, the other side of things is that like anakin kind of is the one to bring balance to the force because he's the one to destroy the emperor and make luke and check but like balance to the force what does balance to the force even mean does that mean they accept his dark as well as the light because that's something that uh, that's a concept that gets brought into the later movies that disney it's, has released and i kind of they have a point i have i'm that that's when you get into the sequels and you get into like the, like the prophecy is like that's why it's that's why it's just flawed Mm-hmm. That that concept of a prophecy bringing balance to the force is just really flawed, because like it like is like at the end of everything is everything balanced. I don't know. Out of even concluding the sequels, which we don't count. By the way, we don't count in this podcast. We hate the sequels. But I agree wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly, they are wrong. They are wrong. But is there balance actually at the end of everything? Like, what is balance? I don't know. From the point of the end of the sequels, I don't think there is a balance. And this is uh, reiterating my point of George really liked to introduce grand, big ideas. He was so good at them. Yeah, and then not fulfill on the concepts. He would introduce them, but then he wouldn't define them. He wouldn't, uh, like, enumerate. There are so many pieces that are missing and this is the flawed part of phantom menace is he introduces the uh, like this crazy idea of we have a chosen one but it's kind of treated as a side piece so we should probably say like plot wise uh after the fight they make it back to coruscant and then this is all built off of the argument that qui-gon has with the jedi council when he introduces anakin to the jedi council 
and they're arguing he's too young, which at eight years old, that's I I still it doesn't make it it really doesn't make sense like 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 like, they never said like oh like what age is proper to like start training and they yeah and they've tried to cover lazy they yeah they've tried to cover it up in backstory and be like oh well Jedi get uh, uh young Jedi as newborn. And it's like, okay, but that's, your net is so small then, because uh, eight-year-olds are still very impressionable, and you could turn them to good, and you just choose actively not to. You have one of the most powerful Jedi that you've ever encountered, and you're just like, eh, I'll throw him to the wolves. Children are so innocent, like, like, through the ages, like, of, like, like, when they're born, and then, like, like, they, they, like, to, like, what, like, 12, I would say, that you could, like, I don't know, like, you can... You can still teach them like the values that like that are that it, that are good. You can strain them from like whatever like bad things that they might like that human nature might cause them to feel. Anyways, mm-hmm. like you can you can teach them to be good people up to a certain point. I don't think it really like should be like oh like eight years old is like 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 too like hard, too hard. cut off eight hard years eight years old, years old. yeah we, yeah we can't do nothing that's like yeah that's just bullshit kids are yeah i don't know they, it's uh yeah i i agree i it, it's kids just, are teachable they, yeah. they they are they are they are they're teachable it's a it's a silly hard cut off to have um, but we do see Qui-Gon's rebellious side, because he simply says, I will take him as a Padawan. And Obi-Wan is ready for his trials. Can I say something? It just, it seems really easy to just override the counselor of the Jedi. He just straight up just tells yes. them, like, go fuck themselves now. Yeah. I'm, just gonna, I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna teach Anakin on my own, I guess. I, so... Like, like, is it that easy to just overrule, I, like... So, this is one of the concepts that I would love Disney to explore, and it's having a Jedi in the Jedi history who is like Qui-Gon, but to another degree, and it's literally... Excuse me. Um, it's literally Qui-Gon saying that, um, he just, like, hey, like, if you guys don't agree to train him, he's one of the most powerful Jedi. Or he's the one, one of the most powerful Force users. I'm gonna train him myself. And they say, no, you can't do that, or you'll be cast out from the Jedi Order. I would love, love, with a capital L, to see a storyline in which a Jedi breaks from the Jedi Order literally follows all of the Jedi's teachings without a lightsaber and then just trains their own Jedi but stays good. How fantastic is that for the Empire to try and hunt down like this separate Jedi sect This in, the, in which they follow that Qui-Gon line? I think it's stupid that there's not separate Jedi sects. Yep. There's se- like we can get we can get into like a, a little bit of like Sith Acolytes yeah. and stuff like that. We yep. get into like Holes. uh like 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 real life in itself like there's different sects of christianity yeah like like and there's ties to the different beliefs mm-hmm. like there like i'm i'm so surprised that they never why gun jim is the martin luther of jedi <laughs> <laughs> he's got a 95 thesis and he's gonna nail it to yoda's forehead and i am here for it no, I, 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 I i i i am also here for it like mm-hmm. i feel like that would be so interesting for like a different a, a same value, same effort, mm. everything, just a different sect. Mm-hmm. Because it's it, the rules are different in this. And like, it's just realizing the Jedi Council has become too politicized. Yeah. 
Alright, so I'm gonna pivot from this point. And it's gonna be a uh, it's gonna be a fun topic right here. Our first introduction to Jedi Master Mace Windu. Oh my god. One of the best castings I've ever seen in my entire life. Hands down. And I maintain <laughs> Not even close. I think Samuel L. Jackson is totally a character actor in 95% of his works. I he hate is you, so goddamn yes, good at uh, Star Wars. <laughs> I hate you for saying that, but, like, yeah, he is. But he's also Samuel motherfucking Jackson. I, and so, like... Did I say otherwise? <laughs> no, but he kind of plays the same guy in every single movie. He plays... But he plays it with such more gusto and genuine intensity in this movie which is awesome but as he continues through the prequels he develops he's cool he's a character that makes sense i love him i think he's great i I think i think he's fantastic you don't really get to see a lot of him in phantom menace no he's just just introduced as like oh you know he's too young and you know we we're kind of enforcing the the yeah yeah, he's he, he seems more more of like the leader of the council than yoda is he kind of seems like it throughout most of the prequels he, a little you bit. You know what? I, I think he's the McGonagall to Yoda's Dumbledore. He is. He is. He's kind of that hard ass that kind of keeps the keeps the dotted line in order, which I, I, I agree with. And, I you know, there's so much backstory in EU stuff that goes with Mace Windu, which um, can be accepted as canon, cannot be accepted as canon. I think it's interesting. But I... Like, Mace Windu is just... I, I genuinely, genuinely love Mace Windu as character. I could not agree with you more. Like, the fact that Samuel Jackson's like, nah, I'm not gonna choose any of these dumbass, like, colors for my lightsaber. I'm choosing purple. Have just you, to stand out. Just to, just to be outside from it. Have you seen that video clip? No. What was it? Oh, my God. It's hysterical. And it's literally... It's um, George Lucas saying, like, alright, so, um... And, like, they're on set. Samuel L. Jackson is in costume and everything. And I think Samuel L. Jackson's literally holding his lightsaber, which, by the way, Mace Windu's lightsaber is one of the coolest, for, like, hilts-wise. But George is saying... Or George is literally asking him. He goes, okay, like, what color, um... What color lightsaber do you want to have? There's, um... There's green. There's blue. Um, red is the bad guy's. And he just seems so nerdy and so dorky. And then Samuel Jackson's so cool. And he just goes, what about purple? And you just see George kind of thinks about it for like two seconds and goes, purple. We can do purple. And that is so fucking badass in that moment. And that people have tried to justify it as like, Oh, it symbolize it's the red and the green and it symbolizes or the red and the blue. It's the not. Blue it's not. It's, it's just it's just different and it's fucking badass. It's just I, yeah. It's cool. It's awesome. I love it. He's he's motherfucking Mace Windu. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's just he's just he's just Mace Windu. He's yeah. just he's just different. Samuel Jackson just wanted to be different. Just be and and I and I love that. It's the same way you could look at like Han Solo. Like Harrison Ford mm. wanted to be different from like a little bit of the rest of the bunch. Like he like argued with, argued with George Lucas with yep. lines and stuff yep. like that. Bingo. Samuel L. Jackson is the same way. He just wants to be different. He wanted to make the character mm. his own, and I fucking love it. I he 
He absolutely nailed. I will have no complaints with Mace Windu. Mace Windu is one of my favorite characters. I I can honestly, and as a kid, I liked him less. As I grew older, I pay attention to him more as more like people get into it. But I I have, I don't have a goddamn issue with him as a character. I don't have an issue with his acting. I don't have an issue with his lines. I think he's awesome. I I beginning I, to end. Beginning mm-hmm. to end, I, I truly think he's awesome. Mm-hmm. He's the authority. He is the enforcer for the like rigid, like like Jedi. He he. Mace Windu as a character itself is very flawed because mm-hmm. he doesn't believe that the Jedi Council is politicized and corrupt. Yep. I can like can you agree with that? Like yeah. he's he's, oh, he's yeah. very rigid when it comes to that. He's uh he he's clearly the um he's the Darth Vader to Yoda's Emperor. He is very much the enforcer. He just goes by the byline. He doesn't question authority. He is the authority. Yeah. He's the enforcer. He is. I, I love that concept, and I think it's really cool to have a good guy that is that... Um, sort of bad? Like, he is yeah. sort of and like... A, they, like... Uh, the, the EU has tried to say that he was the Jedi that really wrestled the most with rage and anger and the dark side, and then... S- was able to overcome it, which I think is awesome. The fucking I've... stare down that Samuel Jackson did with the Emperor when they're fighting in Rajat Sith. I is one of the scariest and fucking badass awesome. moments. It's awesome in that fight. Um, so let's get back. To, let's get back. Yeah, like yeah, like Mace yeah, Windu is just Mace Windu is awesome. Like I is, like you will find is. no complaints. I, with I was gonna say, and I, I very seriously like I do. I love yeah. Mace Windu. And he's one of my favorite action figures because he can squeeze his legs and he can whip his arms around. He's awesome. <laughs> Let's get back on point and then another character introduction in our boy, Chancellor Palpatine. We do have Chancellor Palpatine. Um, he's kind of boring. He's bread. He's white bread. I was about <laughs> to say, he's, he, is, he, he, is, he is just... He's so white and thick, it's like he's you're eating a cheesecake. Oh, it's, just... it's, it's, it's grilled cheese without the grill. Like, you're <laughs> eating a cheese sandwich and it's just like he is, yeah, the worst is, thing it's, I've... It's vanilla ice cream with no toppings. Yeah. He is, um, he, he's boring. He's, 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 he's wicked mild. Boring. He's mild evil. <laughs> I, I, just... I, 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 he, he is an evil. Like, like let's disclaim like, Ian McDermott's <laughs> one of the most evil-looking dudes yeah. ever. That is a fact. <laughs> he is. True. Um, Not that anyone can look evil, but Ian McDermott totally Love is. the guy. He looks like he's up to something. <laughs> he's just sort of... Like, yeah, exactly. He looks like he's stealing human rights occasionally. But, like, his, like, like, I'm not gonna lie. He just, like, he didn't do it for me in Phantom Menace. He just, like, he... It's the lines he was given to... Uh, weren't great. You know, it's very much like, oh, you know, Chancellor Vororum won't be able to get through this, uh, you know, build fast enough. And yeah, they we'll simply... have to send, a, you know, a, a commission. And, like, Padme just bites hook, line, and zinker everything he says, which is like, all right, come on. Like, there should be more... If you're going to add politics into this, you need to add more than her just completely agreeing with everything this guy says. So, like, if we took, like, and ripped apart the pod scene mm-hmm. and then gave it more to the politics of Palpatine, it would have made for a better movie. Infinitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that we could have written a 10 out of 10 movie, but I think that the points that we're making easily would have made it an 8 to 9. Oh, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's like a 5.5, I would say, out of 10 movie. 
I would say it's six, where it's it, it is a bad movie that I enjoy watching. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I always enjoy watching. But yeah, Palpatine is white bread in this movie. He's not really a player in anything significant. He becomes more and more, even in uh, like just a tangent in Attack of the Clones, like he becomes like a little bit more, but like also is just like, eh. He's not like anything special, I would say, in Attack of the Clones. Yeah, I'd, I'd pretty much agree with that. Yeah. Um, I, do you have much to say about the politics? I I, I like the idea. I, 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 I love, I love I like, the idea. The execution was not good. Yeah. And so, it was where, just boring. That's kind of where I land. Where um, George kind of has this weird fixation that he, he loves these big world concepts that are all applicable to everyone at all times and you know the like politics and all this stuff that are very adult themes and then he follows up with very childish aspects as well which i don't they don't meld well and that's what he needs to develop one or the other and uh, I, I, yes, I totally agree with you. I think that if you had shaved off five or ten minutes and dedicated another scene or two to um, Palpatine being a little bit more scummy with politics or Amidala, like, debating whether or not to go with Palpatine, you're adding, like, very much needed political shellacking. Yeah. I, it makes sense to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's it, it, it's just like I don't know. The politics in in the entire like in the entire prequel series is just like almost like it, it takes like a like a back handle to like the action. Like he he wants the action still in the forefront and he takes a like behind the scenes look on the like he doesn't give the politics enough attention in my opinion. No, not at all. And that's that's kind of my issue, is if you're going to introduce politics, do them correctly. Do them correctly. Which, I'm glad he did introduce politics, because that, like, political intrigue is always a great, like, like, like plot, like, line. In and any, in any story. It really is. Like, and it, he did it almost, like, like, not, like, not almost perfectly, but almost well enough to make the storyline, like, flow through, basically. Because it, 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 I do like the idea of a separatist, like, movement just that doesn't, like, that doesn't agree with, like, this, like, corrupt republic. And, yeah. Because there's been a hundred corrupt republics throughout art, like, like, human history. And, like, the idea of a corrupt republic and then a separatist movement, a rebellion of sorts happening is just a great, in my opinion, a great story. I think it's totally fair. It's a, it it applies to human opinion. I mean, human history. It's um. It makes sense. It does, and I I think the politics is probably a fair point for him to bring up and to try and you know draw his own conclusions from. He really he doesn't. He just kind of reiterates history of what happened, versus what should have happened or what could happen or anything along those lines. I don't think he makes a political statement that is profound. I don't think he makes a political statement that's thoughtful. No, not even close. So, we beat through politics and we end up with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and Anakin and Padme. 
are all headed back. Just going to right, the booth. just going, just going right back Which, to the booth. Yeah, like, it's that's just like that's it's just so such strange. bullshit. Yeah. Just like oh, like we're just gonna do this. Uh, like we're Thanos, do, like yeah, exactly. fine. I'll do this myself. Like it's and just that's, yeah. And the, the Jedi Council is like ah, you know, there's a trade federation. There's like a war going on. We'll send two Jedi, and it's like are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? Send an army. Like send you know six minimum. <laughs> Dude, they don't even have an army. Yeah, it's they just, have nothing. Like they it's, they, they, it's they not. Yeah, somehow they have these annals and annals. Like is and the annals. Of, is the Republic like like is the Republic like that weak? That the Republic has, has an army. Is the thing, but they they uh the whole politicking part is that they were gonna send an inquis an inquisitorial. Like uh, you know, scouting mission to determine yeah. if the claims of Naboo were true, and if the claims of Naboo were true, they would vote for a declaration of war, or they would send in troops to defend Naboo. All of this is going to take too much time because the Naboo people are starving. So Qui Gon just says, "I'm going to go anyway," and the council's like, "Yeah, why don't you go?" So then we get the brilliant line: "We said go in home." <laughs> <laughs> and then we, and then we, and then they go home, and then they're just like, "Where are the Gungans? We need them." Which I don't hate. Like I, I don't. I, hate. So my argument is gonna be I. And granted, this was the <laughs> yeah. You liked that. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, it's the, um, it's the Gungan thing, which is just kind of taking the native peoples and turning a Pocahontas story into it, where it's just, like, natives versus technology. Like, this is a common theme that we see, like, through the history of everything ever. And it's particularly in science fiction, where it's, like, the natives rise up, and the natives are able to beat technology in it. Technology is evil. Development is evil, and it's I don't I don't love that, and especially it's not a good it's not a good way to look at the it's a pessimistic way to look at the future. And I Tolkien was the only thing bad about Tolkien is he was actually the same way. He he was, but he did it in such more of an intellectual argument, and that was infinitely better. Yeah. Then, um, you know, we're gonna rally the Gungan. Gungan's gonna fight droids. And they get steamrolled, by the way. Let's let's not let let's not. Somehow, Jar Jar is the greatest warrior that the Gungans have ever known. Stripping <laughs> over himself. He's the Bumba General. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should uh, that whole moment. Where Padme comes into reveals it was, herself. It was the worst acting I've ever super, seen. No, she, it was, uh, yeah, she super undersells the reveal that she isn't, uh, or she, she is Padme. It was Natalie Portman's worst acting I've ever seen. Like, it was disgusting. I, I beg you. Now I kneel and I beg you. Awful. It is. It, 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 it's, it's actually like cringy. It is. And then they all kneel, and it's just like it's just like. Yeah, it's it's awful. Are you sir? Don't think you're better than the Gungans. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I I genuinely. Maybe we sir being friends. <laughs> what? 
years of genocide, and you're gonna, yeah. years of you hiding, and you're yeah. just like this one statement, just like it's just stupid. Oh, also, the fact that uh, Jar Jar's one contribution to the entire plot line is I know a uh, secret place we go to. Shut up. They, he knew two secret places. He knew where the Gungans lived, and he knew the secret safe. Also, place. ratted both times. Yeah, you, you ratted both his people both yeah. times. What? Yeah, I was gonna say Qui Gon and Obi Wan easily could have been Sith and annihilated the annihilated the entire population. Yeah, it would have been easy. Yeah, and Jar Jar just didn't give a fuck. Unless yeah. he's Darth Jar Jar, and then he knew exactly what was up. Yeah, but anyway. Um. By the way, that being said. Um, the Nabooans plan to just, like, like, use the Gungans as bantha fodder <laughs> as they fucking <laughs> tra- siege, the, like, the city of Naboo just, is brilliant. <laughs> it's just, the freaking term bantha fodder is a such direct reference to Star Wars Battlefront 2 for P, or I shouldn't say PS2, for PlayStation 2. Fantastic, and thank you, sir, for your contribution to the you are, you, you are You are quite, quite welcome. Um, so, yeah, they are Bantha Fodder, period. They're literally using them as chaff. And it's, as you bait. guys get massacred as yeah. much as possible to drop all the guards, we'll go straight to the <laughs> And it's like, they're well, like, well, we're well, so gonna do that! <laughs> Idiot. And they do, and they get... They like, murdered. murdered. <laughs> that battle is a wash from uh, the beginning. We got the shields. Steady. <laughs> Steady. Steady people. <laughs> Just, they have the mechanics and they've got like pointy sticks with like, uh, you know, mild taser on the end of it. And it's like, oh yeah. And then we get these like jello globes that blow people the up. The boopers. <laughs> <laughs> I literally think they're called the boopers. <laughs> it is just... Who, who, okay, and it was just... Who okay that, who okay, who okay But that you know series. what? It was the same freaking people that okayed Return of the Jedi, and it was Ewoks using I'm not, I'm not equating that. that. I'm not equating that. It is that. the that. exact same, and we'll Stop get into it. that when we get into the originals series. Yes. So. Um, so we, let, let, let's go past um, So the gun, the gun in battle is pretty, pretty stupid. Pretty stupid. I, uh, we can go past the I think it's pretty independent. It you know what I do like is I like the droids. I, oh, I think, I, I think they're good bad guys. I, I I love I love the concept of clones and droids. Like going into the Clone I Wars. Think I think yeah. that's a good concept. I, think I really so do too. And I like, they're both like expe- pretty much expendable people. Yep. But like but the clones with the good side, they're actual people, so yep. like you learn to like them. Yep. So like that's the that's the catch, and that's I I do I think that that's awesome, especially when you're literally like growing weapons of war and a test tube. Yeah, and suddenly there is a human cost to it, and I I hate I think that that's freaking brilliant, and you know the Clone Wars was originally a concept that he came up with uh, in A New Hope that he offhandedly mentions, but I think his execution of who the clones actually were their backstory was. Awesome. But I, I also like that he has to have a counterpart to that. And it's not this separatist army of these like ragtag aliens that are the bad guys. It's just this mechanized army. I think that's awesome. It is awesome. It, it, it is awesome because, again, I, I hate to... 
I hate to keep referencing Tolkien, but like it's just like this like. No, you don't. <laughs> it's just it 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 it. Just this like like like, this world like like it was quoting like Saruman. This world would be built like by industry and <laughs> machines basically, and it's just this 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 droid army army that like you can't get more machine and more industry more corporate. Than literally like the trade federation raising an army of droids. Yeah, and that's what it's like. Uh, the war and that's the fight evil that we're trying to fight. Literally just machines. I I no. I genuinely I think that's. It's awesome. a great. It, it, that that is a that is a great concept. I I, I might I must say. But so. them fighting you know the typical uh, natives that are underdeveloped. So using you know um, primitive technology in comparison. I I don't like that. I think that's such a tired old concept, and that's the problem. It, and I think they should have introduced the clones sooner. I think that would have been cooler. Mm. I don't think they should have introduced the clones in Phantom Menace. I don't think that. Okay, that's the A. I I, I, yeah. I don't. I like when they did introduce them. How they did it was awful. I think. Yes. Um, in the movie in in the Clone Wars, but like when they did it, I think was good. Um, so we move on from there, and then we get we have Padme running through the palace. Yeah, yeah. What what, what do you what do you want to do? You want to you do you want to go to like I when am... like they're in like the the fl- the ship hangar. Um. And how yeah, they why don't, what, Yeah. Why don't we do that? So before we get into Duel of Fates again, I don't think there's much to say about Padme and Newt Gunray. I always really liked their guns. I thought their their, their blasters were really. Oh, I, I I love Padme's pistol pistol actually. Uh, yeah, I always thought. It reminds that, me of Han Solo's a little bit. Yeah, I thought that you know just kind of cool designs for blasters. The way that they blast through the window and they have like the suction cups. Oh, and, and, then, and yeah. then they go off. It's yeah, just, yeah, I it's thought, cool. I, yeah, the simple little moments that I think were really cool. Um, it's a good then, takeover of back of your government, basically. I think like, it, was, <laughs> it was it was nice. Yeah, um, I don't like her other pistols that she takes out of like the throne room armrest. Which, by the way, if you're gonna have a throne room armrest, you should definitely have like a bunch of guns in there. Which, which for mm-hmm. a peaceful planet of Naboo, that's very like yeah, like, you don't say, trust that's people. That's pretty wild. That's pretty wild. <laughs> They're just like, yeah. yep, I know exactly. I what just, the guns I are. also I really like the different sound that the gun makes because it's like pew, 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 and then just wow <laughs> and it's just like yeah because they're Naboo and they're peace loving hippies so they've got to have a different sound true mm-hmm. they sure have murdered those droids though so yeah. like how peaceful can they be <laughs> yeah this is true um so I'm trying to think uh ooh the other big thing that I want to bring up and this is from earlier in the movie is how much I absolutely love that the hologram of Darth Sidious is on this little spider walker <laughs> when he's talking <laughs> with new Gunray. Complete, I completely forgot about that scene. It, it, so did I, but it just occurred to me now, and I was like, I absolutely love that. That is so evil and it's so awesome. so creepy. <laughs> yep. It's just this little spider thing that just like... It's just it, it, it just it gives me you the can't have a wall projection. You can't have a chest board. You can't just have like it's a like, little like mm-hmm. a little like thing that's just like right in front of you just mm-hmm. that just like comes up and just like, oh it's a space. Yeah, no, have you have to walk with the hologram. Yeah. It's just like mm-hmm. it, and and it can't be just like like I don't know, like 
a robot and then like the uh the chest beams out and it's a it's palpatine yes. basically yeah, yeah, yeah. it has to be like on like a spider thing <laughs> that's just like the most evil disgusting thing ever yeah, yeah. no that gross like not gross but like very evil like very evil uh scene i would say very, uh, pretty good I yeah. I like Any it. scene with Newt Gunray, I will love for its comedy and nothing, <laughs> and nothing else. Yes. Uh, so I'm trying. Um, so that brings us to. Um, is that legal? <laughs> is that illegal? <laughs> I will make it legal. <laughs> but <laughs> one of the best lines. How did we forget about no, 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 I'm, I'm so happy you brought that up because hilarious. <laughs> I completely forgot. I will make it leak. <laughs> it's so, he overacts every line and makes it great. Ian McDermott's the goat. Um, so, uh, that brings us to, um, little Annie and Jake Lloyd, uh, getting his first acquaintance with R2. And um, he he blasts off in his Naboo fighter, which uh, can we agree that Naboo fighters are so fucking cool? I actually love them, and they were wasted on the worst piece of shit scene I've ever seen in my Absolutely. entire life. And I would say that uh, one of the linchpins for why Phantom Menace is pan is the fact that little Annie, little orphan Annie, uh, <laughs> is able to <laughs> go through. And defeat the entire trade <laughs> trade federation's uh, uh, droids. <laughs> he just breaks out in song. Glad <laughs> you like that. Oh my I god! I, 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 I absolutely love that. <laughs> oh, so, what a uh, fucking stupid <laughs> fucking scene! Now this is Potter. <laughs> Damn it! I was gonna say, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Stupid little It's bitch. gone into the main reactor. <laughs> Done. It is. Uh, yeah, that's... Anakin destroys the Trade Federation's ability to make uh, droids, and suddenly that stops them from doing prison camps, which, by the way, why were they even doing prison camps? Their entire thing was they were going to wake up the Gungans. Anyway, I just... Uh, that entire storyline is awful. It's bad. It's not good. It, it, the um, scene is horrible. Like, him, I guess... The now sh- this is pod racing! <laughs> Let it <What>? out. <laughs> Listen, I... I... I would, will give it that, like, I love space battles. I really do. I love the Revenge I of the Sith space battle. It's one of my favorite is, scenes. And I, I, I said and it to... If I, Anakin was 15. I said it to Ellie the other day when we were watching um, Revenge of the Sith it is one of like top 10 best intro scenes of all time is that space battle is in fucking incredible but we're bringing it back Phantom Mass I think we've covered all our bases and we just get Duel of Fates fuck we're back we're, we're back on it from the beginning and now here it's, I just, I genuinely, I love Duel of Fates. From I, beginning to end. I think it's incredible. There's not a move I would change. There really isn't. And the fact that it was just, 
I the fact that it was a two it, it 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 was two versus one makes it better. Yep. In my opinion, than even the one versus one. I know you were talking about like one v one is like more intimate, it's more but, better. Uh, but I, like yes. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but like it's it's even more so better because it's the it brings out the double bladed lightsaber, <laughs> which I, is the biggest. Go on. I want you to. I no. I could not agree with you more. But it is because it is such a long, punch out, drag out fight. But it's also you have those moments where Qui Gon gets, uh, excuse me, brought away from Obi Wan. So suddenly it's Maul and Qui Gon one on one. Because if Maul had to fight both of them, he wouldn't have killed Qui Gon. Period. Maul would have lost. I don't know if he would have. Maul would have lost. You would have lost. Yeah. He, he was falling back the entire time if you looked at it. He was just like, he knew he was outmatched because. Yeah. And that's what he was just trying to bring Qui Gon into a more. Um, a, Narrow, like. And, yeah, exactly. More like a more secure. confined space because if you look up in the technical um, dictionary for why Qui Gon lost, it is specifically because Qui Gon has a wide, broad fighting style where he uses power. But you, when you need power, is you're going to use broader strokes, and if you're in a narrow area, you're not going to be able to get that power. So suddenly, Qui Gon has to adapt to a fighting style that's not his, while fighting a style that he's never encountered before. Yeah. Obi Wan is the king of defensive, and then the king also, of defense, like 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 legit, like. Also, and I totally, uh, it's it's, but uh, Obi Wan does such a a great job of like killing um Darth Maul and his his whole attack on Darth Maul before he ends up in the pit is also incredible but I want to bring it back to because it, it oh you want to bring I do I want to bring it back to one of my all time favorite moments period in the prequels I should say one of my all time favorite moments in the prequels prequels period is when they're having the lightsaber fight and suddenly blast shield comes up in the middle of the fight and you just see maul immediately checks it with his uh double bladed lightsaber to see if he can get through and he can't and he's like this panther that's just prowling waiting for his prey and you have qui-gon kind of sit and look for uh look and just kind of like accepting the force accepting the will of the force and like how fate is going to be regardless and he kneels down and it's it's kind of a prayer position which understandably like excuse me there are a lot of religious undertones with the jedi but i love that concept of just accepting that there is something beyond me that controls the universe so i'm just going to simply sit and try and be attuned to it and that acceptance of fate is so badass and it's so beyond anything else that and it's, it's blown over it's passed over and people don't really talk much about it that is i would argue one of the best written scenes that george ever did can i and i want and i want to compare something i want to i, I want to show growth in in, in in a character you know how you say that like uh, Qui-Gon Jinn like accepts like fate in that moment and just leaves it up to a prayer you know exactly what I'm about to say you know exactly about to say 
Do you see how like antsy Obi Wan is? Like in like the like he's the yes. he's also like like Maul. He wants to like go like help his master like mm-hmm. like go as fast as possible because he's so far back. Mm-hmm. And then you fast forward just like fifty years or, or mm-hmm. not fifty years like like how many years it is till A New Hope, mm-hmm. and he also takes the stance of just accepting his fate and raising his sword up into the air mm-hmm. almost like in a, like again in a prayer position just holding his mm-hmm. like um lightsaber in two hands mm-hmm. and then letting Darth Vader ferociously mm-hmm. cut him cut him in half mm-hmm. but he disappears into the force mm-hmm. it's a beautiful like character Obi that this is why Obi-Wan is the best like character mm-hmm. in all of Star Wars his character he's development not, he's one of them he is the best. He, he is, is one. The, he is the best. That is a whole I, other episode. I, lo- I, I know it is a whole other mm-hmm. episode, but you just proved my point of why his character development is and like, I, one and, of the best. And I will grant you, I had never, ever in my life considered that moment until you brought it up. And excellent. Because I always think of it in terms of how it happens. And I always loved that contrast of, yes, Obi-Wan is the one ready to go. But you're right. Totally. Obi-Wan completely has that 180 if he realizes that Qui-Gon was right. And it's that understanding so, of that wisdom that is given to us by our elders, by our teachers. It's it's awesome. Also, the other side of things that I freaking love is that the instant the blast doors open is Qui-Gon is fucking ready to go. <laughs> he, 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 he comes in places, yeah. too. He's just like... Yes. He's just he's, Full ham, and that's I. Just I like, love it. God wills it. Yeah, it's not. It's it, it is not this moment in which Qui Gon um, kind of dobbles back and is like, oh, you know, like I accept my fate. It's not this fatalist moment. Is he's gonna try his fucking best to destroy Darth Maul? And I think that that's also a point in Darth Maul's favor of he beat Qui-Gon Jinn, and Qui-Gon Jinn is no fucking slouch when it comes to lightsaber fighting. It's it's. Yeah, and, and, and that's and that's very much the thing where it's like uh Qui-Gon Jinn is like one of the most like like powerful it is one of the most powerful Jedi in the in the Jedi Order at the moment. Mm-hmm. And Darth Maul one on one I hate to say it kinda handles him pretty like like a fiddle almost. He does I he, wouldn't like, go that far. He he lures him in into like he like Darth Maul is very smart. You you said it yourself. He lures them in mm-hmm. so that he has a better advantage, and he mm-hmm. pretty much handles them pretty easily. Mm-hmm. That's how it goes to show you the like the intelligence and like the like I don't know like the but playing prowess him like, of Maul. I would, I would yes, say. but I wouldn't say that pl- he played him like a fiddle. If he had played him like a fiddle, he would have uh, brought him into an area like that beforehand and dealt with him very quickly. Maul was on the fence of the entire time because he was going to get his ass handed to him if Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, yeah. equal footing, plain, flat area, were going to attack him at the same time. He wouldn't have been able to handle it. I will grant you, Maul was training for that, but I would argue that Sidious was literally planning for him to kill Qui-Gon specifically and training him for that purpose his entire life. Qui-Gon wasn't in his prime. Qui-Gon was older. 
that's my argument is Qui-Gon wasn't training to specifically kill Darth he, Maul. Yeah, he didn't even know a Sith existed. Yeah. And that's fair. He yeah. he pretty he kinda handled like up until like like going into that like circle area. Mm-hmm. He kinda handled Maul. You're you are right. He kinda handled Maul pretty significantly. So I, I would I would say it's a pretty goddamn even fight, is what I would it, say it is was. what it boils down to. And I would argue that Obi-Wan probably won on a pretty lucky technicality. Cause he I don't kinda, think Maul was prepared for Obi-Wan, I don't think. The ferocity of Obi-Wan's attack is the only time, in Phantom Menace, is the only time that I ever see him act like Anakin. And I think that that's a good moment. And like I said, there are a lot of subtle moments that George kind of nails it. And that's one of them. It is, it, it is. And, and he does act like Anakin. He fights with, like, a, like a it, fury it, that... It thugs. is. And it's... It, Ewan McGregor, I cannot articulate how great of a job he fucking does in that moment. It is incredible. It's awesome. It's compelling. You feel for him. That It's the fact that he has to sit and wait and watch his master die. And then he's got to wait to attack. He can't attack immediately. That the tension that gets built up, oh my god, it's it is awesome, it's incredible, it's wonderful. I love that he uses Qui Gon's lightsaber to kill them all, uh, not to kill them all, to dismember him. And can, yeah, and, can, can we, yeah, can we, can we go to the like the killing of Maul? Yeah, how do you like it? Uh, so my argument is gonna be Maul was dead up until much later in my canon there was always the rumor there were always the the jokes and the stormy uh, stories that uh, maul crawled out as like half a being i don't know i don't know and i'm talking about within the bounds of phantom mess not within the bounds of clone wars not within the bounds of the greater star wars universe but what is the better story in this would uh, obi-wan's story be better that he killed Darth Maul, and I would probably argue, yeah, it probably would be. But is Darth Maul too good of a villain to kill? Probably. But does that delineate Obi-Wan's story a little bit, that he wasn't dead, and Obi-Wan didn't kill him? Uh, I would argue, yeah, a little bit. And uh, Clone Wars tried to solve that by having Obi-Wan kill him years later, which... Yeah, in, Re- in, in, in like Rebels, like a, a yeah. spoiler alert, he does eventually do like kill him. But it's much years later when he's like Ben Kenobi and Tatooine. So yeah, it's just like I, it's. Uh, I uh, yeah. So I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't love it. I don't hate it. I'm kind of indifferent. I'm. I'm skeptical on it. It was just. It was. It seemed a little bit r- like rushed too because he just like he did that one unexpected move that just like he did. He did an Anakin where he tried to jump over like, like. <laughs> Like, he jumped over Darth Maul and it worked and he cut him in half. Where Anakin and Revenge of the Sith, like, he did the same I'm move. Okay. Yeah, and guess where Anakin learned that from? It was fucking Obi-Wan was like, I know that shit, don't you try and pull that on me. That's true. Uh, yeah, so I, uh, no, I, I'm gonna maintain it. I think I love it. And I, once again, I cannot articulate Duel of Fates from beginning to end. It is, it, it's my favorite all time it's my favorite lightsaber duel i can't wait until they make another lightsaber duel that makes me consider otherwise i want it to happen so much i've been hoping for it ever since like they did like the sequels ever since they did 
Um, they're starting to do the new TV shows and stuff that I'm trying to hope for uh, a, a lightsaber fight like that. I, I will argue with you about Revenge of the Sith like I always do. I love the Revenge of the Sith lightsaber mm-hmm. fights. They're like some of my favorite things. Fav- favorite scenes to watch ever. Mm-hmm. And I'll always argue about that. Um, and give it up to John Williams. Like, John Williams is, like, one of the best composers that's, of yeah, all that's, time. Uh, yes. And the, the underrated part that we definitely haven't brought up is you, the, the score is perfect. perfect. Not, not kind of good. It's, not, it's, there's never a second where I'm like, oh, this should be different. It's just, John Williams is perfect from the beginning. Though. He And Duel of the Fates is, stands up to any of the Star Wars themes that he has. Oh, and Leia and Han's theme, uh, Luke's themes, looking about the I double songs. It, yeah. I mean, it does. It, 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 it really is. Like, I, I think Luke and the double songs is probably the most iconic. Mm-hmm. But, like, Duel of Fates is, like, just, like, right up there. And then, obviously, uh, Anakin versus Obi-Wan, the Mustafar, like, mm-hmm. that's also, like, a very iconic. Mm-hmm. John Williams is perfect all around. He will never, like, be not perfect with it. Even in the sequels, like, he was still mm-hmm. perfect with his music, in my opinion. I uh, totally and utterly agree with you. All right, so um, we're talking about the very end of thing. Um of Phantom Menace, is there anything, you know, uh, we have, uh, the orb, evil, <laughs> evil, evil Palpatine saying like, oh, yes, young ma- Jedi master, we should, uh, look upon your, uh, your career with interest. Really creepy. Really, yeah. really, really creepy. Uh, yeah, he is super purple. Yeah. He also doesn't age enough in, <laughs> in the next couple movies. Um, is there anything... Of note beyond there, aside from like the uh, the the Nemoidians being led away in it's it's a it's a pretty underwhelming ending and the fact that that like they just like all right Obi Wan's just gonna have Anakin as his uh, apprentice and that's just gonna be and it. it's also it's also Obi-Wan, it's lazy it's also Obi Wan kind of demanding that he is a Jedi. And they're kind of like, ah, maybe we'll grant you the rank of Jedi Knight. And then it's like, Qui-Gon dies, and they're like, you're a Jedi Master now. And it's like, he's fucking he, skipped a level. <laughs> like, I, he totally... But, but he deserves that level. Because he I defeated totally, a Sith Lord. Yes, yes. I totally agree, and that's... Like, Yoda like, and Mace, what do you talk about? Like, yeah. like a Sith Lord has appeared, like, yeah. like since... Hasn't appeared since, like... Yeah. A thousand years ago, or some shit like that, yeah. like which is insane. Yeah, but it's been that long that they've had to worry about it. Two, there always is a master and an apprentice. True. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we got our magic orb. We get some crazy music. I would argue that that's the only time that John Williams stumbles. Is the. Uh, as everyone like really is like partying and stuff like that like it's not necessary it's weird it's uh you know i would argue that a better ending to the movie would simply be qui-gon burning is really really good it is really really good which is it is actually a good scene qui-gon burning it's just like it shows like yeah time has progressed there are costs to victory yeah any but instead we get peace (laughs) (laughs) which is short-lived <laughs> very short-lived yeah. like that all like, the gungans were enslaved i think jar jar ends up being a clown for children um any uh any other major notes you have for phantom menace phantom menace is flawed and 
mostly a garbage movie, but like I think I think we actually shed like a really good light on it. I think we hit. I, I think we said more positives than negatives about it, which I think we get, we gave it a little bit too much credit, but like. I'm glad we did. I don't think we gave it too much credit. I I pl- uh, pleasantly was surprised with how much time we spent on I anticipated that we were going to get into Clone Wars by the end of this. Or Attack of the Clones. And we didn't. Because we were spending t- so much time on this. I maintain, and I thought this when we watched it, it's not a terrible movie. It's not great, but it's Star Wars, and it's pretty solid, and I think it fits into the Star Wars universe. I like Phantom Menace. I would have to agree. I also like Phantom Menace. I I, I think even like because the sequels um, have become a thing that I appreciate the prequels more and more, and so like I, I now think I'm a little bit biased, but like considering the points that we made, The Phantom Menace is not a good movie by any stretch of the imagination, but I like it. I, yeah, I think I follow the same thing. Thanks for listening to The Enlightened Podcast. We're brought to you by Anchor, a subdivision of Spotify specifically for podcasting. You can find this podcast on Spotify. You can also find it on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Please like and subscribe for more content.